0: Hey, this is Christy, and you're listening to the Mastering Nun podcast. Once again, I am flying solo because Keegan is still busy at school the rest of this week. Um, and as such, I made a little change to the schedule. So, normally, since this is the every other week, Thursday that we would be working on the history series, normally I would be covering the fall of the Roman Empire today. However, without my podcasting buddy to ooh and awe over all of my fun facts, I wasn't quite sure I was going to make it through that one alone. So what I did was I decided to come up with another history topic for this week that I was so passionate about, I could ooh and awe myself. So today we're going to learn a little bit about the calendar. And if you know me in person, this is not a surprise to you. Because I talk about the calendar all the time. I don't know why. Somewhere along the line in college, I found a book and I learned the history of the calendar. And it has just always stuck with me. I love it. I talk about it with anyone who will listen to me. And especially on leap years. Because leap years are just so fun. They come around once every four years. Ishy-ish. We'll get into that in a little bit. But when I am teaching and it happens to be leap day that I'm teaching on, oh man, my students get an earful of calendar facts. So guess what? Now it's your turn. Um, okay, so I'm just going to kind of go over, I'm not going to go over every single calendar that ever existed. I just want to talk about the current calendar we use now and where it came from. So there have been Many versions of the calendar, several thousand years back through history, um, starting with uh, the Egyptians and the Sumerians. And they kind of just were looking at the stuff going on in the sky and noticing patterns. So the very first calendars were generally lunar calendars. So they were based off of the moon. They would notice stuff happening with the rotation and the, you know, just patterns of it becoming a new moon and a starting to grow, waxing, waning full moon, all of those good words. And they started to notice cycles of the moon. The Egyptians later on, however, were one of the first civilizations to develop a solar calendar, meaning it was based on the cycles of the sun. So they started to notice that the sun. Uh, that days had certain amount of sunlight, and as we were moving towards winter, those day those hours of daylight got shorter. And as we moved into summer, those days of uh, those hours of sunlight during the day got longer. And the Egyptians were great at math. If you have never done Egyptian math, you should Google it. Maybe I'll you know I'll post a um an image in Instagram of Egyptian math symbols. They're great. They're fun little symbols, um, triangles and, and hash marks and like a whale tail, all kinds of fun little symbols. And each symbol represents a certain value. And they also had place value like we do, where, it. I mean, I mean, like we do, as in we have place value. It was not based off of 10, but it was based off of numbers associated with the calendar as well. So their calendar, oh my gosh, I can already tell I'm talking way too fast, which is your first clue of how much I love this topic. Okay, I will slow down. Anyways, Egyptian calendar had 12 months in it. Okay, looking at looking looking a lot like what we're using now. Each month had 30 days. And then they noticed that wasn't quite enough to get back to where they were this time last year. So they also had five extra days at the end of the year. This is pretty genius. This calendar of the 12 months with the 30 days each month was used for thousands of years. Um it actually it just sounds so similar similar to what we have now. Um it was if you haven't calculated it calculated that those 12, 12 months of 30 days each plus the additional 5 days that's 365 days. They were really close to what we have now. And it was uh, that that calendar Was the basis of what was used by the greeks and the romans so the egyptians came up with that calendar and it kind of led to where we are today then and i'm just kind of giving a brief overview but i will get into some more details after that around or in 45 bce the julian calendar was created in rome um, by julius caesar this was also a solar calendar it also had 365 days in a year, but they added the extra day every four years to account for the leap year. So they were starting to see that a year wasn't quite or was actually a little more than 365 days. And honestly, this was this extra day that they added was was pretty good it wasn't until the 16th century so we're talking from 45 BCE fast forward to the 1500s that they finally had to change that calendar of um, an extra day every four years and that brings us to the Gregorian calendar okay so before I get into anything more present I would just want to go back to what the Romans had talk through what they had how Julius Caesar tweaked it to look a lot like what we have now. And then how Pope Gregory made that final tweak into the current Gregorian calendar. Okay, so the Roman calendar. Remember, the Egyptians had 12 months, 30 days. The Romans used that same concept, but they had 10 months. They still had approximately 30 days per month. And then they had a, a floating kind of 50 days of winter. So those 50 days were more unorganized. It wasn't really a specific month, um, but it was just kind of floating around. But they, uh, they named the months and many of the months we still use now. Uh, so here are the names of the months. And this is interesting, too, because it tells us where the, our months the names of our months came from. So to start off the Roman calendar, we had Martus. Now this is our current March. It's named after Mars, the Roman God of War, and he was considered the most important God. And even though I'm saying Martus first, March was the first month of the Roman calendar. It was still located in a similar place in time that our month our month of march is located. so it's the that same you know going in coming out of winter going into spring time of year. that's where their new year was was in was in march and so that's where their calendar started. next was aprilis which is our april. this refers to the opening of the buds and blossoms in the spring season. So here we are in, in April in this calendar. Again, it's the second month, but it's still that same time of year that our April is because we're looking at the spring. Then we have Mayas, which is now called May. Its name, the, the name Mayas comes from a derivation of a Latin word that meant elders, and it was in honor of the Roman goddess Maya. Who is the goddess of spring and growth. And then after elders are going to come the young people. So after Mayus we have Junius. That represents, and you know, that comes from the Latin word. That means young people. And it's in honor of the Roman goddess Juno. And she was the goddess of marriage and childbirth. And I'm reading this and I'm like, man, these are great names for months. What, what fun meaning... And all that good stuff. And then it's over. They're like, okay, we got you four months, four months of meaning, four months named after gods and seasons and this and that. And now, you know what? Just let's just use numbers, okay, guys? Like I'm tired of coming up with ideas. And that's what they did. Our current July was Quintilius. Fifth month of the year. Okay, cool. Because remember, we're starting in March. So March is the first month, April's the second. May is the 3rd, June is the 4th. So now who we are here at July, quintilius, August used to be known as sextilius. And then, um, so um, that would be Latin with the root for the the number six. And then september, sept, that prefix, meaning seven, october eight, November nine, and December 10. And perhaps this answers a burning question that maybe you've always wondered An octagon has eight sides, so why is October the 10th month? Well, we're getting there. Originally, we had four fun names for months and six numbers after that to get us to the 10 months that totaled 304 days. So four of those months I just listed had 31 days. Six of them had 30 days. I couldn't really find any rhyme or reason why four of them were chosen to have um uh 31 days other than it just was um and then we kind of descend into 50 days of an uh unorganized winter so there were names around this period of time however they weren't necessarily blocked into months like we would see now so there was so after december now we're getting into winter right december 21st So winter solstice. And so after this, the dark, gloomy times, we have Januarius, January. So that would be uh, the Roman god Janus, who that was named after. That was the god of beginnings and transitions. Janus is typically depicted with two faces. So you, you see Janus looking forward and looking back, seeing the past and the future. And so that's where we came, or not we, like I had anything to do with it, but that is where they came up with the name Januers, um, to honor Janus. And oh, did I say this already? It, it refers to opening of doors and beginnings of time. And finally, the last month of the year was Febrarius. It's a Latin word meaning purification. And it refers to the rituals performed during this month. So it's associated with a Roman festival held on February 15th and that festival was when you would, you know, purify things and do fertility rites and sacrifice things like goats and dogs and all kinds of things. It, they actually would whip young men with strips of goat skin. Why would you do this? Well, of course because it brings good luck and fertility. So okay. Glad we don't do that anymore. Um, but Febrarius was also associated with the Roman god Februs, and that was the god of purification and the underworld. So that's where we had that time of purifications and sacrificing to gods and whatnot. Okay, so that is <clears throat> that is where we had um, that that leads us to very similar calendar that we have now. Um, so those those 50 days kind of just floated there until 713 BCE. That is where Januarius and Februarius were officially added to the calendar, giving us 12 months. When those months were added in, they decided, you know what, let's start there. Let's move those those days to the beginning of the year. And that is why... October has now moved down to the 10th month because they took those two months at the very end, that disorganized winter, they organized it, they put it at the start of the year and now all of us, then no one renamed anything. So now all of a sudden, September 7 is now the ninth month and October is now the 10th month. Okay, I mean, come on, we could have renamed them when we made that schedule change. Okay, so then we have Julius Caesar, he comes in, he has that calendar, you know, that idea of that calendar before him, and he makes some tweaks to it. He says, you know, rather than have a couple days of 31, a couple days of 30, I mean, a couple months of 30, and then that big old chunk of 50 days right there, let's, um, let's do this. We're going to have 30 and 31 and we're alternating and you know what? Februaryus, you were the last one in, so you get 28 days. but they did have that leap day that they said, you know, February you can have the leap day. So you can have 29 sometimes. But you might be thinking, that doesn't quite make sense with what I know because I just said, that they alternated 30 days and 31 days, and our current calendar does not necessarily alternate. They kind of do, but there's that middle part where July and August both have 31. I did not forget about that, I will get to that. And so um, this brought us to exactly 365.25 days, 365 and a quarter, which gives us that leap day once every four years. This was a significant improvement, so significant that this calendar was used for 1600 years. Okay, slight tweak was made though, because if you heard of Julius Caesar, you probably know that he died. So Julius Caesar died. Oh, wait, 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 let me back up. Julius Caesar made the calendar. He put January and February in the front, and he said... I, I'm so special, right? I need my own month. Hence why we don't say Quintilis anymore. We say July because July was named after Julius Caesar. So he kept those, um, those now six names that had meaning because the original four, na- four months had meaning. And then those two that they added on had meaning. And the rest were just dumb, boring numbers. And he said, I'm going to take that dumb, boring number and I'm going to make it July after myself. Great, fabulous, put a stamp on it. Here's our calendar, pretty much what we use today. Oh, but then he died. And when he died, his, um, I believe it was his great-grandson or great-nephew or some some relative that he basically raised himself, Augustus, hint, hint, do you see where this is going? He became ruler and he's like, okay, so basically I'm super important. I don't want to step on anyone's toes. I'm, you know, I suppose I'm not as important as Julius because he came up with a calendar, but I'm, I'm pretty darn important. So give me August, put it right after July, because that's how, that's how good I am. And, you know, I am ruler of all of this stuff. I should have 31 days also. And that is why July and August are back to back and they both have 31 days now have you seen the knuckle trick have you seen the trick where you use your knuckles and where there's a knuckle is 31 days and where there's the space in between the knuckles that's the 30 days or you know in the case of february 28 days how does that work i don't know total coincidence just some sort of mnemonic device that just happens to work to get you to know which days of the month or i mean which months of the year have 31 days um Yeah, that's just a trick in my in my opinion. I don't I don't think that's based off of anything and certainly isn't based off of how they made the calendar. Okay, so here we are. We have our 12 months from January to December. We now have July and August in there. They got their 31 days. Augustus puts a stamp on it and everything is hunky dory except for the tiny little problem that there's not exactly 365.25 days in a year and time goes on time goes on time goes on and all of a sudden the farmers are like um how come the calendar says it's the spring solstice or the um the sorry the vernal equinox uh but it is not the vernal equinox like there's nature over here telling me when the vernal equinox is and then there's this calendar over here trying to tell me when may 21st is but they don't match up what's going on so you know scholars get together uh and we're talking late 1500s scholars get together and they say okay we this is pope gregory right super catholic Easter is based off of spring being correct, because the way we calculate Easter is it's on the first Sunday after the first full moon of the vernal equinox. So if the vernal equinox is not right, Easter is not right. And that is a big deal in the Catholic Church. So Pope Gregory, what do we do? Well, once they figured out how uh, we're really close to 365 and a quarter days, but not exactly, They were able to add a new rule into calculating leap years. And this rule is surprisingly accurate for the late 16th century. And this rule is something that people in the year 1700, the year 1800, and the year 1900 absolutely knew about. And the people in the year 2000 have no clue. So if you have only been alive in a century marker for the year 2000, or maybe you weren't even born then, um, you probably don't realize this is a thing. Because if a year is divisible by 100, now, okay, let's go back. The leap year rule is if a year is divisible by four, this is Julius Caesar's rule. If a year is divisible by four, then it's leap year. We had to tweak it a little bit. So Pope Gregory said, Okay, if a year is divisible by 100, then it's also divisible by four. So normally we would call this a leap year. However, we got to take a few leap years out or a few days out. So if it is divisible by 100, but not divisible by 400, then it's actually not a leap year. So the people in the year 1700 did not have a leap year. They were aware of this rule. The people in the year 1800 did not have a leap year, so they were aware of this rule. Fast forward to 2000, well, 2000 is divisible by 100 and it is divisible by 400. So the year 2000 was a leap year. Everyone was expecting it to be a leap year because all this time, at least when I was in elementary school, I was told leap years divisible by four. So of course the year 2000 is a leap year. We expected it to be a leap year, it was a leap year so not a lot of people know about this extra rule that pope gregory introduced so just to have a little review of what i just said the year 2100 which is the next century marker so in you know 75 years from now the year 2100 that will not be a leap year because it is not divisible by 400 It's a century marker that is not divisible by 400. So if you're around then, um, keep in mind uh, how the calendar works because I bet that's going to be the talk of the town, right? Like in the year 2099, as people start getting ready to make calendars for the year 2100, um, will they remember? I was trying to see if I could go in my time and date settings on my um computer oh i can i can go in my time and date settings so let's see i go to 2099 and then i'm going to go to the year 2100 i go to february and there we go 28th february 28th the next day is march 1st so programmers already know hopefully um calendar makers and whoever else is related to the calendar in 75 years will also know about that. That's pretty cool. I've actually never looked that up on my computer. Okay, so last but not least, how did taking out those leap days fix the Easter problem, right? Like they they had this problem that March and spring did not match up, but you can't just say, here's how we're going to fix it in the future. You also have to say, Here's how we're going to fix it right now. So what happened was King Gregory took, I'm sorry, Pope Gregory took 10 days out of the calendar in the year 1582. So October 4th happened, October 4th, 1582. And then the very next day was October 15th, 1582. controversial like oh you just took 10 days away now the farmers were like yay our calendar and our seasons match up again and that's great and the chris the catholics were like yay easter matches up again but then some other people were like kind of sounds like a conspiracy to me to be just taken away why are the catholics catholics taking away 10 days out of the calendar and so there was actually a lot of resistance to this even though he was like, "Hey, um, we got um even though he was like, "Hey, we need to do this so that it matches up." and he you know, he had all this math behind him, not everybody was eager to work with this ten day correction, and a lot of people kind of still fought with it. And so, A lot of people were rioting and were fighting with it. And the British parliament didn't even kind of come on board with this until 16, I'm sorry, 1752. And then um, as we keep going, um, more countries kind of follow along with this. And finally, Greece was the last one to skip the days in uh, 1924. They actually had to skip 12 days because after Their original skip in 1582, they also passed the year 1600. So they had to skip 12 days. So not everybody liked this idea, but it turned out it was the right one. And it's going to be so right now with this current plan, we lose we are off 11 seconds a year. And so that's not too bad. It's going to be a long time before we're even off by a whole day let alone 10 days like we were in 1582. All right, that is it for me. Make sure you are reviewing our podcast, Five Star Reviews Only, Love Us or Hate Us. Tell us what you want to hear about. And hopefully next week we have Keegan back. So you can find us on Instagram at mastering.nun. And I will see you next time. Bye.